I'm Kim Bailey, she's Fudana Osborne and this is Inside Exec. Today we want to share with you some lessons that we have learned about leadership and particularly from people who have been successful leaders for a long, long time. So we're talking over 40 years, which is both of us as well. <laughs> but we want to talk about what we have learned from the leaders that we've interacted with that we feel had specific things that we wanted to learn and that was in the areas of, of people, leadership, making things serious and fun, teaching not criticising and actioning and not lecturing. None of this would surprise you of course. We heard people are the most important assets and everything is relating on people. I think it's how we actually practice that is the important thing. People are very important, even when it comes to robotics, even when you're talking about technology and taking over. The ideas, the development of it and the expansion of it will have people at the base of it. It's people that encourage people, it's people that drive people. Just imagine if you're working on your own and you're the most brilliant person in the world and you're able to invent any technology you like, you still would miss people. And um, you like that interaction, that's what, there's a lot written on loneliness now as well mm -hmm. and, and how, what the impact on society that is. In a workplace that's extremely important, yes you, you're here to work or you're here to invent or you're here to whatever business you're in, but make it fun, make it fun not trivial, make it fun not frivolous, make it fun but don't be so serious as to take or suck the fun out of it where you think, oh, I'm working like a robot. Robots can do that, they don't have to smile, but we do and we want to have fun while we're doing it. And the successful leaders have proven that by being human, showing part of themselves. But let's be honest, I mean, everybody is different. So um, some people might be naturally funny. They might be naturally jovial and still can be serious. Others, not so much. Don't try to be someone else. Be yourself. Just remember to show people both sides of you as a leader. That is the serious side and also the human interactive side and the fun side. We all have some of that to you know, various degrees with different people, but we all have it. So most leaders talk quite a lot about the fun element and how, uh, what great impact that had on their success as a leader. It's interesting that my first reaction to that is not so much the, the serious or fun approach, but I can remember the first time that that combination of things affected me where I was working. I worked in an environment where all the men wore suits and ties and you know, button-down collar shirts, and that was how I was used to seeing them. And sometimes they'd take the coats off, so you'd see them in shirt sleeves, but always the tie was on and always they, they were a part of the what in those days was they had the corporate look. And I came in on a weekend to do something or other. I saw the first person I saw outside the lift had on just jeans and a, a simple winter, it was a winter time, so a winter hoodie of mm -hmm. some description. And I can remember the intake of breath. Mm -hmm. and, and my reaction was, oh, he's a real person. That was a great learning activity for me to understand that just in the physical appearance you can change people's perceptions and make them a little bit more relaxed about coming to you, talking to you, 
it's not so much serious and fun, but it's it's the corporate focus and it's the letting them know that you do there is another side to your personality and that you are a human being as well and that you have other activities that you might be interested in. It's not dissimilar to organisations I've been where you weren't allowed to have any personal decoration in your work yeah. area. And then others where they said, you know, just don't make it over the top, but just, just give it some personality of your own. Now, that obviously doesn't work when you're hot desking. But what I found coming in as a consultant was that if I came in with my desk already set up, so I would come in with the, the glass jar with the pens and the pencils and, and, I, and the stapler and all of the things that I needed to be completely self-sufficient and start work from the time I sat down at that desk. And it was interesting to see people's reactions because it had that same reaction as I had had. It was like, oh, oh, you, you're organised, you're, you're ready to start. And I thought, well, that's what you're paying me for, but I didn't say that. But I found it, it, it was helpful to me because I did feel like I was ready to start work. And I didn't have to go to someone and say, oh, where are the pens kept? You know, where do you have morning tea? Or, you know, can you bring your own cup? All of those sorts of things. That if you had your own cup, and, and if you're in an environment where they won't let you have anything personal in your workspace, the coffee cup is the way to go. Yeah. Because the coffee cup you'll always use, you can carry it with you, you can take it, and it, it can say something about you or not if you don't want to reveal that side of yourself. But, mm. but the coffee cup, I think, is often the, the trigger for people to talk to you, for people to get a sense of who you are. And, and I would recommend that you change them, that you have different ones. Okay. So people get encouraged yeah. to talk to you. And it's, and it's no different if you're the leader or if you're in the team. If you're the leader and you've got half a dozen, half a dozen different coffee cups, it, it gives people a sense of, of what you think about and what you enjoy, and it's a way for you to have a bit of fun okay. without being frivolous, which is, is quite important. We hear quite often when we're looking at recruiting people that the, the organisation is looking for good people managers or we want you to be good with people. And I would like to know what they actually mean because there's no value in that phrase. You know, what is good with people? I think they've got to be more specific, like have empathy, interact, teamwork, um, sharing, give credit, all of those things, which they think it's implied. Taking your point, I think it needs more than that. I just want to reflect a bit about the the getting to know the person, uh, what you were talking about, Kim, earlier, and that is be natural. I think most of you who um, are on social media, and lately there's been many, many, many stories, fantastic stories, about taking your dog to work. That's been unbelievable. And um, the, the things I'm, I'm seeing is saying, like, for some reason, everybody knows pets and some like them and some not so much. But even the ones that aren't pet oriented, the dog at work, make them talk. Everybody wants to talk about the dog. Everybody wants to look at the dog. The dog looks at you. They don't care who you are and what in the pecking orders who you are. They respond to everyone. And, and I think that that's for, as an example, that seems to work by get, making people see each other as they normally are in yeah. their normal habitat, if you like, yeah. and um, interact. So 
keep coming up with those ideas mm -hmm. where you are able to be fun but show yourself as a human mm -hmm. and therefore interact with people. An organisation, I forget the name I shouldn't have, but an organisation, one of the things they do when they assess people, back to your point about people and interaction, one of um, my colleagues sent me that article, I'll, I'll do better and make sure that I put it um, uh, through Kim on the website because it's really important. They were talking about looking, they, they wanted smart, forward thinking and intelligent people, but they did want people who are human and who are interactive and who care about people and are human themselves. So much so that one of the criteria without telling the applicants is they will find out about the applicant arriving and getting out the lift, their interaction with the receptionist, mm -hmm. and how did they do that, accepting the fact that they're probably nervous coming to an interview and a bit distracted, but it's important, how did they talk to the person behind the desk yeah. and all of that. And, and to me, that is very tangible about, you can get talent, but what you can't get is a combination, pardon me, at the level that you wanted to reflect your organization. So you've got to be sure how you, you, you find that talent, how you assess it and how you bring it home. And it's interesting too that that, that, that is a, an exceptionally good approach to finding what people are like in a reasonably stressful situation is how they interact and where they see themselves in terms of an organisation that they might be coming into. How, they, how do they treat the other people in that organisation that they might or might not have to interact with. But it also reminds me that we did a, a podcast earlier that about your digital profile and protecting your digital profile and that's another way that people will research you and see if you are real and, and what real is being revealed by your digital profile so that again a way of making sure that the image that you think reflects you best is covered by your digital profile and that is not detracted by comments that other people might be making or you might be interacting with you know just on a, a reactionary level outside of work what also comes to mind is that this idea of seeing people you work with as people as humans um, is very important the longer that you stay in an organisation and the longer you stay in a particular career or a particular role. Because what we see when and have done for a long time is that when people retire or move out of the workforce, move out of a particular role, they are lost. They don't know who they are as a human being because they have always identified with the job that they did, with the role that they performed. And it is increasingly difficult to help them through that transition if they haven't at some point had a good leader who encouraged the group to remember that they were human, remember that they were people and remember that they were interacting with people. When talking about like, uh, the leadership here talked about teaching not criticising, let me make it clear this is not about condescendingly teaching. It's not about saying, you did that wrong, let me show you how to do it. It's absolutely Just let me do it, don't do it again. <laughs> <laughs> it's absolutely not that. What it is, it's, it's more about seeing someone and without reference to how good or bad they've done what they've done, is you 
absolutely sharing knowledge with them. Sharing knowledge in the most powerful way is by telling stories, by sharing experiences and leave it to the person to take what they want and what they don't want out of that. By criticizing someone you're immediately hurting their pride, you're immediately putting them down so there's a judgment there and really even if your intention is to help them and, and show them a better way, you lost them already. Mm. Leaders impart knowledge by many, many ways and the best way is the subtle way and the natural way by sharing stories and the stories can't all be about oh look at me and this is how I succeeded look I've got this done and I didn't get that bits by sharing both stories stories where things did not work out and um, there, there'll be another topic that we cover in how you recover from that when things don't work out but to share honestly openly and in good faith rather than judge and criticise is the leadership trait that will go a long way. I think for my part the leaders that I've really appreciated in that sense have been the ones that have, have sat down and said tell me what you were thinking when you did this, tell me what the approach was because in my experience I, I would have approached it this way and I'm just interested to see whether what he used to say was whether this younger generation that was embodied in me would be thinking differently. And, and when I look back on it, I, I think that was just him making it easier for me to feel like I could share my thinking process and not feel like I had done something wrong when he was questioning what had happened. From that process, what often happens is that, that both people learn, both people find out things and the end result is better than any one or other of the individual processes that might have been used. The last one that we've got on the list is about actioning and not lecturing. So let your actions speak rather than, than your words. And that's probably pretty self-explanatory and I think we've, we've probably covered it mm. in some of the other discussion that we've had. So we won't labour the point. Yeah. But we do want you to remember that good leaders are made. They don't just fall from heaven and that... It is a process that is ongoing and we all have the qualities that can make us good leaders if we look and listen. And just one last point on leadership in, in this session is if you really value someone's leadership, please tell them. Don't be shy and don't feel like you're sucking up because you're saying it. Find the right way to do it but by sounding right but genuine. I think. Um, they should be, good leaders should be encouraged and should acknowledged. be acknowledged. So there we are. Leadership from our experience over the last 40 years or so. Shocking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Kim Bailey, she's Fuliana Osborne and this is Inside Exec.